You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We weren't surprised to hear the Chicago Bears trading wide receiver Anthony Miller to the Houston Texans, but that doesn't make it a good trade or a good idea in general. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook, or join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. Don't forget to check out our full Locked on Bears YouTube channel as well to keep up with all of our video podcasts. On the show today, we react to the Bears trading Anthony Miller, why this move signals a failure and why the trade itself does not seem like the best use of the Bears assets and the value of players still under contract. We'll go through why this Anthony Miller deal doesn't really move the needle much for the Bears and seems like more of a loss than anything else. We'll look at how it affects the rest of the receiver depth chart and who benefits the most from this trade. And then we'll wrap up looking at some other potential replacements around the NFL, other receivers on other teams we should keep an eye on throughout the training camp and preseason that maybe the Bears might be interested in bringing in, not to directly replace Anthony Miller, but to add to the wide receiver depth chart in his absence. But for me, the Miller trade can only really be viewed as an abject failure. The news came out, I believe it was Saturday night from NFL insider Ian Rappaport. All we know for sure is that the Texans and the Bears are making a late round pick swap with Anthony Miller in the deal. We don't know yet as of the time of this podcast recording what that pick swap will be if it's us Bears give up a seventh and get a sixth in return, or Bears give up a sixth and get a fifth. Typically, when they say late round, it's not going to be any earlier than a fifth, and even a fifth seems maybe a little bit optimistic at this point based on how the wording has gone, and it's it's a relatively in really minor return on investment here for Anthony Miller. The, the Bears wide receiver, of course, thanking the city of Chicago in a tweet, also excited to play in Houston and his tweet was thank you Chicago his follow-up tweet was Houston let's get it and as you sort of look back at what the Bears have had in Anthony Miller over his career they traded a second round pick with their third round pick to move up to get him in the second round and traded a future second to make sure that they could land him that season and of course emerged as a promising young player Looked like a wise investment there. Seven touchdowns in his rookie season. A lot of fun in that 2018 season and that part of that offense that was starting to emerge under Matt Nagy. Started pushing out Taylor Gabriel out of this offense. Really kind of looked like he was going to be the future, like the number two wide receiver to pair with Allen Robinson in this Bears offense. And yet for all of that, the Bears get next to nothing. And I can hear Bears fans arguing the sort of optimistic side of this and say, well, hey, it's better than nothing, right? They could have cut Anthony Miller and gotten nothing for him. And so this late round pick swap represents something that is better than nothing. And that statement on its own is factually correct. 
trading him for a late round pick is better than cutting him. But the logic there is is missing a third option here, right? It's not just nothing or a late round pick. But there is some potential value here if you keep him and see what he can still provide you, right? It's not just nothing or pick. You could still keep him. That's sort of the underlying issue here. There's a, there's a slight caveat to this in the sense that we can only go by what we know on the outside. The Bears know more about the Miller situation. They've seen more. They've been more directly involved. And maybe there is more to this than we know. I'm willing to admit that maybe there's more to this that we can't properly evaluate from the outside. But based on what we've seen, we've had reports and rumors and speculation of Miller maybe being late to some meetings, maybe being late to some practices, maybe not being fully engaged in those meetings and maybe not fully engaged in his playbook, running wrong routes and and not being disciplined in the way that the Bears would like to. And then, of course, cap culminating last playoffs with the ejection against the Saints. None of that is good. You don't want to reward any of that behavior. But that let's make sure we distinct have a distinction between that and you know being arrested or being suspended and some of these other things that other players might deal with that maybe more force a team to say, yes, we have to get rid of this player in our locker room because we just can't have that as part of our organization. Haven't had any of that yet with Anthony Miller. And so for me, it's it's still on a little bit of a different level because he still has potential value for this team and for this Bears offense. He's not going to be that number two wide receiver that we once thought he might be able to. But it's also, we kind of easily forget or maybe didn't realize or notice that Anthony Miller had a career high of receiving yards last season in spite of all these things going wrong behind the scenes and all the reasons the Bears weren't happy with him. He was still producing yards, at least, at a level better than we had seen in his previous two years. It's not like he was doing nothing and being useless for this team. So for me, he can still be something in this Bears offense this season. And maybe it's something small, and maybe and that's okay. Or maybe there's still the potential of something more, right? There, I mean, there's still this idea that three years into his career, he could still at some point maybe get his act together and get closer to that trajectory that we thought he would be on early in his Bears career, even if that's doubtful. There's still something there. There's still some value here. And that's, to me, more value on that chance that maybe you could still get something this year than swapping your sixth-round pick or swapping your seventh-round pick or whatever that may end up being, especially because of how you sit at wide receiver and the rookie quarterback that you just took this year. When you have the future face of your franchise, Justin Fields, ready to take over sooner rather than later, you need to have as many weapons as you possibly can to support that player in any way that you can. And swapping picks, late-round picks next year, is not helping Justin Fields in any way, shape, or form. Whereas Anthony Miller could. We don't know how much. Could just be a little. Could be a lot, but maybe just a little. Help Justin Fields. But he sure as hell is helping Justin Fields more than swapping late-round picks in the draft. And if he goes to the Houston Texans and absolutely balls out and just is, you know, gets picks back up on that trajectory, the Bears are going to look twice as dumb. 
That seems unlikely at this point, but it's a possibility. It's why it's good value for the Texans and why they're willing to make that trade and why it just feels like across the board the Bears are giving up too early on a player unnecessarily. This isn't a salary cap savings. It's not a it's not about having too much other talent at receiver. There wasn't even a chance of having that competition. This is purely about moving on from a guy because I guess they're they're tired of dealing with some of his stuff. But if it hasn't been this object locker room cancer that we haven't heard anything on the outside to suggest that he's really causing that big of a problem, there have been issues, but not so drastically so that you have to get rid of him for the sake of sending a message. For me, he's still offered enough value on offense to be worth more to the Bears than swapping a late-round draft pick. Regardless, it's done. Life moves on. The team will move on without him. So we will update this Bears wide receiver depth chart and kind of go through who might benefit the most from this trade next on Locked on Bears. I know I benefit the most from having the world's best-tasting protein bars, Built Bars, every single day. Because they taste like candy bars, but they're not bad for you like a candy bar. They're not loaded up with all this extra junk that you don't need. Every Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft, they're easy to chew, and they're delicious. But most importantly, low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. It is the perfect taste, the perfect mix of taste and nutrients, and it comes in a bunch of different delicious flavors. I have tried every single one up to this point, and you can't go wrong with any of them. They're all good. My personal favorites, cookies and cream, coconut. I just got a box of strawberry that I'm eager to dive into here. I'm telling you, it's a part of my daily diet, and I really think it should be a part of yours too. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and enter our promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Entering training camp, Anthony Miller was basically supposed to be wide receiver three. I mean, he was almost a full-time slot player over the last couple of seasons. And we did a whole podcast, boy, a couple months ago, I remember June or May, going through the slot position and why it's it's a little bit more of a myth. It's not really, I mean, it can be a thing, but it doesn't have to be a thing. You don't have to have a slot-only guy on your team. So we're not going to rehash that whole argument, but make sure you go back and listen to that if you haven't back then. But if we put that distinction aside for now and just kind of say Anthony Miller's number three in in the rotation there at receiver, taking him out of the picture, I guess Marquise Goodwin feels like the new wide receiver three then? I mean, he presumably has had the most attention, the most hype, and the biggest sort of feeling around him being a, a bigger part of this Bears offense, you know, coming in now after a, a couple of seasons of not much in the NFL. Opted out of 2020, was injured for most of 2019. We really haven't seen him perform recently at a high level, but the Bears are kind of banking on him getting back to the same form we saw in 2017. He had, I think, 960-something yards that season, and San Francisco really kind of emerged as a, a potential explosive weapon there, and it was all kind of downhill and bumpy from there. So now he's on the comeback after opting out last season, age 30 now, and had still concerns over those chronic knee issues that kept him out of 2019 and, and injured him a lot in 2018. So maybe the time off the last couple of years was good for him, and maybe it's a good reset for his body and, and maybe his mind too, just being away from football a little bit and 
having that passion and that fire to really get back at it again this year could be a good thing for him. Maybe that'll bring a lot of rust. I mean, we'll see. It's, it's, it's easy to get expectations based on what he's done four years ago, but it's, it's also easy to, to try and keep those expectations low based on how little we've seen lately from a guy like Marquise Goodwin. So to be determined, but I, I'm kind of ready to slot him in as preliminarily wide receiver three. Right behind him competing for that spot at wide receiver four, for me, is going to be Demir Bird, the former New England Patriots wide receiver. He had his career best year last season. I think he broke the 600-yard mark. I think closer to 700, but not quite over that mark. And he'd kind of been a nobody through most of his career. Hadn't really been able to crack a lineup. Had a couple of flashes here and there in Arizona before he went to New England, but kind of emerged in a Patriots offense that needed something at wide receiver. I mean, definitely lacking there quite a bit across the board and created that opportunity for him. And for me, I kind of compare the Patriots wide receivers last year to what the Bears had in 2017, the Mike Glennon year with Mitch Trubisky, where it was like, you know, Kendall Wright and Dontrell Inman and some of these different guys rotating in that had big, bigger production that season because there was just nobody else there to take that production. But now Demir Bird back in a wide receiver rotation that actually has some real starting caliber NFL talent ahead of him. And so then it's it's hard to know if, you know, that, that last year was that just sort of a big fish in a small pond kind of thing. And now he's a small fish in a bigger pond. And it, it, does that carry over to be able to maintain some of that same production? I'm not expecting him to be able to be a 600-yard receiver again, in part because I just don't think the opportunities are going to be there. And I'm not necessarily confident that he's going to stand out in the same way with uh, some some much better receivers surrounding him. But for me, it's, it's he and Goodwin are kind of right there in this mix behind Mooney and Allen Robinson, of course. Then I guess Javon Wims is your wide receiver five, if he's even part of the team this year. I mean, he lasted longer than Anthony Miller, even though Wims, we, you know, we kind of thought he might get cut or traded at some point this offseason. Might still happen during training camp, during the preseason, or at the end of the cut down for the 53-man roster. It feels like he's, uh, he's got some work cut out for him to really maintain and hold down that spot. Same for Riley Ridley, honestly, for putting him at wide receiver six after Javon Wims in terms of where this hierarchy rotation might be. He's played less snaps last year than he did in year one. He's under 200 career snaps in two seasons. It's not trending the right direction. I, you, know, you want to give him some benefit of the doubt because we just haven't seen a lot of it, but given how little he's played, it's usually not a good sign that all of a sudden in year three, that's when it's going to click and he's going to get on the field and be this drastically better receiver than the Bears have seen the last couple of seasons. I guess that sort of leaves the rookie Daz Newsom as wide receiver seven. The Bears just placed him on the physically unable to perform list to start training camp because he had, the, I think it was a collarbone or a shoulder injury in rookie minicamp that required surgery, so he's not ready to go. So I would imagine he'll either stay on an injured list this season if it's the PUP or IR or, at best, practice squad for the sixth-round pick. We were excited to see what he could do, but a rookie coming from behind, a late-round pick, and with the injuries like this really seems like a long shot at this point to stick around on the active roster and, and make any kind of noise this season. So for me, clearly, Marquise Goodwin and Demir Bird are the two that benefit the most from Anthony Miller's trade. That Miller was, I mean, if 
you take away the off-field stuff, he was going to be your fir- in your first-team offense and number three receiver and rotating in quite a bit. And now all of those opportunities can go to the likes of Goodwin and Bird. And, you know, maybe it helps Wims have a little better shot of sticking or, you know, maybe it gives Riley Ridley a better chance to crack into that lineup. But at this point, it, that's open. After the number two receiver spot, it's it's wide open for any of those guys that, that you want. And, and I guess Goodwin and Bird are bringing the most experience at this point. So that's where I would lean early on here and why they're more the three and the four ahead of the likes of Wims or Riley Ridley. But it also means more slot snaps potentially for Allen Robinson, which is definitely going to be a, a plus matchup situation for the Bears. He Smaller slot cornerbacks trying to match up with Allen Robinson. He's a good enough route runner to beat the, the faster, smaller cornerbacks, and then he's just bigger than them too, and it makes for a, a pretty good matchup for the Bears to get the big slot action going there. I think it could also mean more slot snaps for Tariq Cohen who also started on the physically unable to perform list because he tore his ACL last year in week three, but a little more expecting him to get back in action sooner rather than later. But I think overall, as you take away another receiver out of this depth chart and having less trust in the guys on the bench overall there, I think it could mean more potential for more two running back sets with, with Cohen and Montgomery or Williams and Montgomery or Williams and Cohen in some combination and also potentially more two tight end sets. Instead of having three receivers, put Jimmy Graham in the slot some more or you know Jeff Graham and Komet and do some different things personnel-wise that way because the wide receiver depth just isn't quite there right now. But that doesn't mean they couldn't still add more at receiver, maybe looking around somewhere outside of the organization We'll look at some names to watch on other teams this preseason and training camp next on Locked On Bears. I would bet the Chicago Bears bring in some kind of additional wide receiver at some point to add some more competition there. And the number one place I would bet is at betonline.ag. Can't make that bet specifically over on their website, but they've got a ton of NFL and Bears prop bets for you to get in on even now before training camp officially starts. Offensive Rookie of the Year odds for Justin Fields. Uh, Allen Robinson, odds to be the league leader in receiving yards this year. Odds for Matt Nagy to be coach of the year. Also, odds for Matt Nagy to be the first coach fired, which I've noticed he's moved down those odds a little bit, believe it or not. I think Cliff Kinsbury has moved up, so Nagy's odds are getting longer, and he's 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 no longer among the favorites he's sort of tied there with Kingsbury just outside of the top two there and plus betting on the Olympics this time of year baseball hockey soccer tennis you name it they have odds for it at betonline.ag sign up today for a free account and enter our promo code locked on to receive your free 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts I don't necessarily think the Bears will go out and trade for a wide receiver, right? I mean, trading Anthony Miller for a late-round swap is not enough ammo to then replace Anthony Miller with a traded receiver, per se. I don't think the Bears are that desperate or that don't, don't feel that large of a need to add at wide receiver. But I think there's a pretty good chance that after the preseason is over and teams cut down their rosters, that the Bears will be looking around, at least, to see what kind of wide receiver talent could be available. And I think for me, there are four guys in particular that jump out just just surface level right away, glancing around NFL rosters that could be available. There's always surprises and, and somebody becomes available that you didn't really think would or would become available. But even now, we can start to get a sense of 
guys that are fighting for their jobs and, you know, especially people that cover the team, not always super confident that they're going to be able to keep their jobs as they keep fighting for it. The first one is is a guy we've talked a little bit before about the on this podcast this offseason, and we talked a lot about on this podcast a couple of off-seasons ago, and that's Miami Dolphins wide receiver Albert Wilson. He has the Matt Nagy connection from their time together in Kansas City when he was a free agent, what, two or three years ago now? It was strongly rumored that the Bears wanted to sign him and maybe were even planning to sign him before the Dolphins swooped in and ended up making that deal. This offseason, the Dolphins sign Will Fuller. They draft Jalen Waddell in the top of the first round. Not a lot of room for Albert Wilson left on that depth chart. And we had talked about him earlier this offseason because the Bears will be practicing against the Miami Dolphins during training camp. It would be a pretty good way to get a sense of how Albert Wilson is doing after he opted out last season and maybe get that up-close-and-personal connection respark for Matt Nagy, and if he becomes available via a cut at the end of the preseason, I could easily see a reunion happening again in Chicago. He would be a natural fit to replace Anthony Miller. Another name looking around the NFL that stands out to me, a, a younger guy from the Baltimore Ravens, wide receiver Miles Boykin. He was a third-round pick for them just a couple of years ago, and hasn't quite been able to put it all together and sounds like he hasn't necessarily been fully on the same page as uh, Lamar Jackson in the last couple of seasons. You know, they drafted Marquise Brown in the first round and then just recently they added Sammy Watkins and they drafted Rashad Bateman in the first round this past year, doubled down to wide receiver and drafted a Tylen Wallace as well in the fourth round. So clearly an effort in Baltimore to upgrade the wide receiver position. And for Boykin, I mean, he's been a disappointment. Don't get me wrong. And, And we're setting the bar here specifically a little bit lower, with lower expectations. But, you know, from like a scouting report standpoint, he's 6'4", he's a big body receiver. He goes up and he's made some nice red zone touchdowns over the last couple of seasons, and that's been kind of part of what Ravens fans have been holding on to, is like waiting for him to more fully emerge elsewhere on the field because he's got that size and seems to know how to use it, at least in some situations. He's also a pretty good run blocker from everything I've seen. He can get physical, and it's part of what's kept him on the field. He just hasn't had the great receiving production that the team has been looking for. And so he hasn't really been able to put it all together and hasn't always had a great wide receiver talent around him. And, of course, that Ravens offense has a lot of running and stuff with the quarterback that maybe you put Boykin in Chicago and you can unlock something a little bit more. You know, like I think of him as like a, a better Javon Wims. At this point, I mean, he hasn't had great production. I mean, it's potential that we're, we're getting after here. But clearly, the Ravens growing tired of waiting for that potential to come out. And it could be an opportunity for the Bears to take a flyer on a, a decent draft pick from another team with some, some nice skill set tools that still need to be refined a little bit more. If the Bears want to go more of a veteran route, another guy we've touched on briefly this offseason, Jets wide receiver Jamison Crowder much more of a sort of pure slot guy like we've talked about. As, but, but he's a consistent veteran who's had some pretty good production over the years. He's a little undersized, but, you know, catches it, makes some plays after the catch. He's not a explosive, dynamic, elite weapon, and that's why the Jets aren't, you know, that's why the Jets are potentially looking to move on from him. Another one of these teams that's invested at wide receiver, you know, they signed Corey Davis, drafted Denzel Mims, then this past year drafted Elijah Moore in the second round, and that's that's specifically the move that seems to be potentially pushing Jamison Crowder out. And he had more receiving yards last year than Darnell Mooney, right? We're not talking about a end-of-the-bench guy necessarily, but someone that really could step in and be a somewhat productive member of this wide receiver rotation and replace 
maybe some of what was lost from Anthony Miller and give you a little more assurance that if Goodwin gets hurt again or if Bird falls off again, that you might have something a little more solid with a little bit more of a firm track record, even in the last couple of seasons, uh, potentially on the way out there in New England, or I mean in, in New York, and I Freudian slip getting ahead to the, the last receiver on my list. Another early draft pick receiver on his way out in New England, it's wide receiver Nikhil Harry. He formally has requested a trade. I would not trade for him. I don't think there's enough there that I would, I mean, maybe a late round pick swap, you know, seventh round pick at most, but that I would wait for him to be released before I might go and, and trade for Nikhil Harry because he does have kind of a similar skill set and situation to to Miles Boykin. It's just Boykin's been a little bit better, in my opinion, so I'd rather wait and sign Boykin than, than trade for Nikhil Harry. Harry, your first round pick, again, 6'4", big body guy, but hasn't been able to separate well and hasn't been able to really draw that same connection with his quarterback and Cam Newton there. And he was part of the same situation with Demir Bird, too, right, where just you know, small pond, big fish, small pond kind of thing, but he couldn't even be a big fish in that small pond. And so for me, the other, the other factor in this is that the Patriots seem like, generally speaking, when they're ready to give up on a player this early and take as massive of an, of an L as they're looking at here with Nikhil Harry, they don't tend to get that one wrong, right? When, they, when they're ready to admit their mistake about something, they don't tend to be wrong about being wrong, right? So they're saying we were wrong about, about Nikhil Harry, they don't tend to be wrong about that. Once they admit that it's a mistake, they tend to be correct that, yes, indeed, it was a mistake, and they don't go on to another team and have some big career turnaround. So I would take a flyer as a free agent, but not giving up a draft pick to, to go and get somebody like Nikhil Harry. But it's kind of like Anthony Miller, right? Other teams are, are ready to move on from their missed draft picks, whether it's Boykin or, or whether it's Harry. It's kind of how this carousel of receivers works when you get to this stage of the offseason we'll keep an eye on any and all other wide receivers who could become available this offseason keep you up to date on all of them here in the lockdown bears podcast so make sure that you subscribe so you're not missing a single episode of our daily in-depth chicago bears news and analysis the bears are reporting to training camp this week we're finally there we will have updates from the players as they come in I imagine we'll get the start of the training camp press conference from Matt Nagy and maybe Ryan Pace. We'll have plenty of that to break down and so much more. So I hope you'll keep tuning in throughout training camp. We will have everything you need to keep up with this team from Hallis Hall. I appreciate everyone who has followed along throughout this offseason. It's been, it's been a long one, but we made it through. The Bears are getting back to real in-person football practices. I'm excited, and I hope more than anything else, the podcast will make it that much easier to follow along and bear down. <laughs>